You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OKSIS, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello and welcome back to OKSIS Podcast. My name Podcast. is Madeline Rose Mayo. And my name is Scout Sophia Sobel. And sisters, we are here recording our very last episode of 2021. But don't you worry, there will be an episode next week. We are going to record an extremely long, introspective, reflective, intention-setting episode that we are going to cut into two parts. So this conversation that we're going to have, which Mads, it's going to be wholesome. It's going to be nostalgic. It's going to be sentimental. It's going to be inspirational. The other half will be published next week. So you're going to have to wait for that, sisters. Lots of adjectives were said. And I <laughs> I can confirm that it will be all of that. Yeah. And I think we might cry. No. Well, no, you guys, tears are okay. But the reason I say that is I promised myself I wasn't going to cry today because I feel like I've cried every day this week. You know what? If you're crying every day this week, there's something inside of you that is begging to be purged. Yes. The release is necessary. I think crying is so healthy. I think it feels phenomenal when you're done with it. You know what I mean? That like post cry, like vibration. There's something about it, but let's just, you know, I'm not going to try to cry, but let's just see how, how the episode takes us. Yeah. Let's see where you go. But first, before we get into our 
2021 recap, what we've learned in our personal lives, our business, and what we're taking with us to 2022. Let's, as always, jump in with a current fixation. Let's do it. So I will go first, as I always do, because I'm the older sister. My current fixation right now, which I sent you a voice note this morning, really raving about this current spiritual awakening that I'm having, which started... It was a very passionate voice note. It was very long and full of passion. Yeah, because my current fixation is not the spiritual awakening and breakthrough I had that really started last night, which came to crystal clear formation in my mind and my heart and my body. My current fixation is something that has contributed to my next spiritual awakening, which is the book Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. So I am only 75 pages in and it took me a while to get to page 75. It is a scientifically dense book. It is a spiritually advanced book. So it's not necessarily something that you just breeze through. I'm underlining, I'm writing notes, things to go back to, questions I have to ask myself. But I'm so engrossed in the way he talks about manifestation, thought patterns, neural networks, epigenetics. He breaks it down so beautifully about why we can't get out of toxic ruts or why we feel as if we have the same thoughts on loop over and over again or why we feel stuck. He's able to break it down scientifically, spiritually, and then he gives you extremely tactical things that you can take with you where you can examine where in your mind are you not happy or where are you looking at things that aren't making you happy or where are you not fulfilled and how do you break free from the addiction, really it's an addiction, and carve a new path and then make that new path strong enough that the old path dismantles within your brain chemistry. So I've never had a leader or an expert in the space that has so beautifully tied the scientific and the spiritual, like the psychology and the spiritual together. And he's pretty out there. Like there's a whole chapter on the quantum field. That's not spiritual. That's science. Yeah. But you know, some scientists with quantum physics are always a little sometimes, which I just think potentially... Well, that's another story. I'm not going to give a judgment on that. But yes, Dr. Joe Dispenza, the book Becoming Supernatural. If you feel as if you have not been able to get control of your thoughts or that you are living in some sort of a pattern that is not bringing about the life and the feelings that you want, commit yourself to reading this book. Do 10 to 15 pages a day and it will transform your life. Wow. Yes. I... I'm game. I'm ready. I'm ready for it to take over. I have heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza. The first steps I've taken is downloading a bunch of podcasts that he's been on. He's on one of my new favorite podcasts, Jay Shetty's podcast, which like, oh, love Jay Shetty's podcast. He is a cutie. I like him. I like him. That is such a good way to describe Jay Shetty. He is such a cutie. He's a cutie. Yeah, I enjoy him a lot and I like his brain. So I was excited to see that Dr. Joe Dispenza was on his podcast. So I downloaded a bunch of them. But yes, I'm willing to step into the fire, Scout. I am willing. I'm I'm ready and willing to shed all that is not serving me 
That is me at this current moment. Yes. That's why I've been reading it every single night. But since let's re- let's fucking clear some space. Let's get this shit out. Yes. Amen. I've been reading this every night because you sisters know I got the lofty alarm clock. So now my phone's in the other room. And so every night I'm like, oh, my God, I got to text Maddie this. Oh, my God, I got to text Maddie this. And then I just wake up and don't do it. So today I sent this voice note, not only talking about my spiritual awakening, I invited her to also purchase this book, read through it, and then we can have an informal book club, which by the way, my friend Lauren also wants to join this and talk about each chapter. Okay. Scout, I am willing. I'm here. I'm saying yes. I'm not, I'm just telling the sisters how this, how you said yes is because I, I asked you if you would, if you would join me. Confirmed. Just want it to be known that I'm inviting you into the space. Subscribe. I would like to subscribe to that content. (laughs) Yes. Okay. What's your current fixation? Okay. So my current fixation, you know, I've thought about this a lot and I think it really ties in beautifully to what this episode is about to unfold. So over the years, I think I've shifted into listening to podcasts and reading for solely entertainment and enjoyment. And I have been missing the educational piece of things. And really it was because when I graduated from college and in my early 20s, I listened to a ton of business podcasts and a lot of female entrepreneurship and business leadership type podcasts. And it basically left me feeling more stressed than it did inspired, which I think a lot of you know, the takeaways is usually supposed to be inspiring and empowering. But for me, I felt completely lacking and stressed. And I think, you know, I've examined a lot of that because At first I was like, okay, let's not listen to any of that. Like let's, you know, rid myself of it because it's making me feel bad. But rather I looked into why does it make me feel bad? You know, there's a lot of perfectionism that comes with that. There's a lot of imposter syndrome, you know, reinforcing that I live in this, you know, destination mentality and goal only like tying that happiness and destinations are directly correlated. And so It took me until really, honestly, this week, which is funny that this is happening, but I love to learn. I've always prided myself on being a curious person. I'm a forever student. And for some reason, I, I think I lost a bit of that along the way because I have a lot of, I think, trauma associated with schooling in some capacity. So I have been reigniting my appreciation for articles and newsletters, thought pieces, podcast interviews, like more of this like educational element of content rather than solely entertainment and a little bit of not superficial content, but things that just are a little surface level that don't improve myself. I'm trying to improve 1% every day. Okay. That's my like new life motto. So I have been listening to this podcast called The 2%, which is by the Female Founders Fund. And they interview, you know, very highly successful business women. They highlight basically what the 2% means is the 2% of women and diverse leaders that get funding in the VC world. So they really dive deep into these incredible businesses. It doesn't feel like super esoteric and dry, but they do introduce a lot of different elements that I actually feel are applicable to my life now. I think maybe in my early 20s, they weren't because they were talking about raising money and starting companies and hiring and being a leader and running a team. Like I couldn't really relate to any of that when I was in my early 20s. But now that I'm revisiting all this type of content, I find myself 
figuring out how I can pull different types of advice or different types of nuggets of wisdom from these podcasts and actually apply it to my life. So it feels a lot better to be listening to these podcasts because I don't feel as much of an imposter because I actually have something in my tangible life that I can use and relate it back to, if that makes sense. So that's my current fixation. Definitely the 2%, but also just being open to to me continuing this lifelong education and knowledge consumption that is not just and again consuming like pop culture and these types of entertainment stuff is not isn't intellectually inferior I want to make that clear I still love doing that I think I just personally there was a limiting belief and there was something triggering about these more high profile or high level educative educative nope education nope we're gonna move right past that word educational (laughs) there we go go. we got them uh types of content so that's kind of my what do you think about that because i think we've discussed this before and how i struggle with highbrow thought pieces and articles and tend to like eye roll them does that make sense Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA grown, eco conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute. I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. 
I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Johnny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. So it's funny that you say that you tend to eye roll them because this really feels like a homecoming for you Mm -hmm. because I actually think that the highbrow, intellectual, academic, learning content is where you first started out. Mm -hmm. When I think of you, I think of... Guy Raz and I think of newsletters and the skim and all that stuff, which is super, super not me. I'm more on like the personal development motivation section. So for me, this feels very, very right. And I can really relate to this because I did something similar where I used to journal and write. I do now, but I took two years or three years off of that while I had to heal my mental illness because when I would go to write, there was no flood. There was no gate containing me. It was just too much. I would just pour in and sit in my motions and it wasn't serving me. And so I put that on pause, but that was such a integral part of me. And so now I've brought it back because I've worked on my emotional self. And so I think that that's a very similar thing potentially to what you just went through, which is you had something that was in alignment. You just emotionally were being triggered by it. It wasn't helping you. It was regressing you. It was keeping you playing small or within your imposter syndrome. And then you took a step back and you've been working on yourself so much. I mean, just in the last couple months, you've been able to see women online and cheer for them versus feeling envy. You were so excited for the women who got Forbes 30 under 30 this year. You send me reels that, you know, a year ago, I think might have triggered you into a spiral of comparison and not feeling good enough, but you're sending these women congratulations and love and excitement for them. And so it makes sense that as you've worked on that part and gained confidence with yourself, with OKSIS, with the YouTube channel, with Camber, that now you're able to invite what is truly in alignment for you. You're just emotional roadblocks aren't blocking the benefits of engaging with that content. Exactly. And I think that kind of is the perfect segue into our overall impressions of 2021. And maybe just, I mean, I kind of listed more feelings rather than, I did list like milestones, I guess. But if I could just talk about what I felt in 2021, it was so expansive for me. It was a lot of introspection. I noticed myself becoming pretty introverted 
I've always been okay on my own. I've always loved being alone. People often don't think that about me because I'm like loud and fucking crazy, but I love to be alone. And I think there was an added element this past year where it was like reflection and self-improvement and just kind of setting boundaries both in myself and with, you know, people that didn't really make me feel great. I think I, I've been limiting my close friends and circle a little more, which a long time ago I would have been so weirded out by that. I'd be like, what? Why would you do this? Like you should have all these friends and da da da. Now it's like I don't feel that at all. I feel very much like there is something so much more powerful in being alone and with like a really, really intense, tiny support system around you. Amen to that. Yeah. My 2021 impressions, one, before I go into mine, I would love to echo back to you that the introspection was definitely in full force this year. And I think you can see the results of that. Like, It's really cool because I've healed or on my healing journey with bipolar disorder, it was very much about me and I've never been close enough to someone or healthy enough myself to witness someone else's growth really closely alongside mine. And so I felt as if I was able to witness your inner growth this year. And it, I mean, you're saying words like universe, you're manifesting, you got money miracles. I mean, who knew that 2021 Mads would speak this way? Who knew? Seriously, who the fuck knew? Okay, so my impression of 2021 or my overall feeling and vibe was that 2021 was the year that I stepped into my personal power in a very, very major way. It was the year of extremely uncomfortable growth. And it was the year that I went all in on multiple of my dreams. That's what 2021 feels like. It also, of course, feels as if there were remnants of the pandemic. And I think that I shed some of the quote unquote collective trauma that we all experienced in the pandemic. But 2021 felt as if it was kind of like one foot out the door, one foot in the door with the pandemic and kind of seesawing between normal life and pandemic life. And that I think actually harmed my psyche and my emotional state more than being fully locked in the house actually, because it's confusing. It's unstabilizing. It's confusing. Yeah, it was just confusing and the new information and this, this, this. So I definitely felt the uh, undertones of the unknown, of uncertainty and how quickly things can change. That destabilized me a little bit this year. But overall, 2021 was the year of me stepping into my personal power. Sure was. Okay, so let's go through milestones. Let's brag a little. Also, I just want to preface this with I think both you and I, Scout, have had really expansive years. So I also just want the dear listener to understand that if you didn't have like a giant, big life changing moment, like that's okay too. (laughs) Like you can, we've had many of those years. Yes, (laughs) many. So it's just, you know, I, I want people to understand that you can reflect on this year in more micro improvements and just kind of temperaments, maybe mindset shifts and things like that. So milestones for me, I mean, okay, sis, joined a podcast network. Woo, woo, woo. That was one of our first goals with this podcast. Podcast Nation. We joined Podcast Nation. Love it. 
I transitioned to working on camera full time. I don't know how many times I wrote that in a manifestation <laughs> journal. I started a YouTube channel, which was fun. And definitely a lot of fear, a lot of uh, even more vulnerability. I thought I was vulnerable on this podcast and on with everything else in my life. But this was like a level of really putting myself out there alone. And so I learned a lot about my, about myself and about being on the internet and being kind of scrutinized, but also praised. It was a very interesting journey and I'm excited to continue it. Then I, you know, I went on some trips. I think that was a huge thing missing, obviously, in 2020. We went to Tulum. I went to Nashville, San Francisco, New York. Like I feel as if I got back into a little more of that discovery element, that excitement, that kind of escapism. I think we took such a long break from that. And so it was, not, and it wasn't big trips. I mean, Tulum was a big trip, but you know, little weekend trips and things of that nature. Those are always my favorite, more local things. And I think I was able to do that a bit more in 2021. So it felt more aligned with me. Oh, and I watched all of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> That was a big fucking milestone. 2021 will go down as the year that Mads watched all of Grey's Anatomy. I I looked at when I started it. It was January. It was the beginning of the year. Wow. And I... Oh, my God. I watched 18 seasons. Good motherfucking Lord. Okay. So my milestones slash kind of key highlight memories. I suppose one of the big ones was that I started the year with one full-time employee and one part-time employee. And I have am ending the year with four full-time employees and one part-time employee. And we're hiring in January for Scouts Agency. So any sisters, if you live in San Diego, maybe send me a DM. This year, I grew my business, Scouts Agency, by 60%. I became a best-selling author. I wrote my first book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, As I Cry, (laughs) which was literally the first dream I've ever had since I was seven years old was to be an author. So not only did I become an author, I want to celebrate the way I launched that book because the way I launched it was exactly how I wanted to. I did not cut corners or cut costs. I went directly to what I desired and I put on a big fucking show and I took up space. I launched it at the Santa Monica Proper Hotel. I went on an extensive podcast tour. Britain Co. named the book one of the top 20 books all entrepreneurs should read. It's currently in Yoga Magazine's UK's December issue. I was featured on the Skinny Confidential blog because of it. I was on Kat Sadler's podcast. It's been a crazy, crazy, crazy expansion moment for me. So that's another one of the big milestones. And then Mads already talked about OKSIS and Podcast Nation, but another milestone is that I am currently recording this in my new office. So Scouts Agency now has an office. So OKSIS Podcast will have a studio next month because we're converting one of the private offices in here into a studio for us, which is really, really exciting. And on a personal level, some highlights, some travel highlights was I last minute flew to New York to go see SNL with Elon Musk and Miley Cyrus, which, wow, literally on a Wednesday, my friend texted me and said, can you get to New York on Saturday? And I said, yes, I'll be there. So me and Adam did that. And then our trip to Tulum, because this year I turned 30, I exited my 20s. I am officially 30. Uh, Me, Mads, Adam, and Ben took the most 
amazing vacation together. Like, I, God, that week was so fucking good. So fucking good. So overall, 20 out of 10. 20 out of 10 year for me. 20 out of 21. No, 21 out of 20. 20 what? Okay, yeah, sure. I get what you're saying here. (laughs) Okay, so now let's move on to what we learned about ourselves. I think... I think it's going to be a lot of what we've already talked about and touched upon, but something that I wanted to share, which I think I dropped in a previous episode, but a big thing for me was my therapist diagnosed me with OCD. And I think that was so liberating because even the awareness alone has helped me to navigate and tolerate my OCD thoughts. And that was a big, I guess, personal development and something that I uncovered and was really excited to treat and accept about myself. And then another was, as you mentioned, I dove into manifestation. I thank you every day for introducing me to the God that is Lacey Phillips. She (laughs) literally like, I think we talked about this. I don't say the the universe. I just say Lacey. Like she's just like all around me. She's like God. Like I just like, I'm like, what would Lacey do? That is like my manifestation. I, I love, I just am so involved in everything that she does. And again, the integration she does with science and the physical world and our brains, it feels really aligned for me. So I have been doing it every week for this whole year, which is wild. And it has allowed me to really examine my inner programming and, you know, limiting beliefs and things that I want to unlearn, especially in 2022. So I've been currently doing the manifestation challenge that they have. So I've been doing it daily, which is a lot, a lot of uh, things coming to the surface. So that's probably why I cried every day this week. I mean, hence why the crying every single day. Yeah, that whole introduction to that world has improved me immensely and has made me feel a lot more in touch with myself. So love that. Beautiful. Okay. What I've learned about myself this year slash I think what I, I'll start with what I've been working on, some of my pain points. I've really, really been leaning into my relationship with constructive criticism or feedback and viewing that not as a personal attack. I've uncovered that I have this intense insecurity and desire for others to think I'm a good person. There's, you know, Virgos are perfectionists and my perfectionism comes through the way people view me. I just want to be the best to everybody. And when I receive constructive criticism, which has come up a lot in my relationship with my husband, my body goes into attack mode and defense mode. And it's something that I'm really aware of. And the fact and the patterns that I'm A very large codependent and people pleaser has come to the surface and boundaries are really, really being made this year around text messages, when I'm available, calls, social events, etc. So I'm really proud of the improvements I've made there. Something else that really, really hit me this year, I think, was the hangover of being a content creator in 2020. And, you know, it's something that I don't think a lot of content creators have talked about publicly because of that fear of cancel culture and the fear of scrutiny and being called things that none of us want to be called and truly not none of us, but most of us are not. I had a hard time with that this year. I had a really, really hard time of how do I show up on the internet authentically 
when I feel as if there's no room for me to make any mistakes and grow and be loved and supported by a community. And since I didn't feel safe to show up online, I started... I started not feeling safe in my personal relationships around me. I was afraid of judgment. I became even more afraid of judgment and what that would say about me as a person. And so this year I felt that pretty strongly and I have reminded myself that I am a good person, that I am a human being, that I'm allowed to make mistakes, that I'm allowed to sound spoiled and bratty in one moment and humbled and of service in the next. And I'm allowed to experience the breadth of human experience and emotions like we all do. But 2021 was definitely feeling the hangover of being a content creator in 2020 and trying to navigate all of that. So, and nothing in particular comes up. It's just a general fear that I think a lot of us went through. So it's a necessary fear to an extent because it's allowed a lot of introspection and social progress and education, all of that. And for me, I was just trying to figure out how I get to not feel as if I'm restricting or being somebody else or not speaking my truth because I was afraid of the wrath of the internet mob. So that's something that I really dived into this year and feel as if I'm really coming out the other end, feeling really strong in who I am and what my beliefs are and the ways that I contribute to society offline as well. Like not everything has to be online. I've also learned about myself. So anyways, I know that's a tangent, but I think it's a bigger conversation that that gets to be had. So other things I learned about myself is that my spiritual connection to God has increased beyond and has become an official permanent foundation in my life, which I'm so grateful for every single day. And I am now a worker outer because I have officially done Melissa Wood Pilates at least five times a week, sometimes six, for the past four months. Wow. Scoutala, you're a worker outer. I'm not going to say that my butt lifted and is more firm, but like my butt lifted and is more firm. Yes. That is the Melissa Wood health touch. Yes. So anyways, that's everything I said. And as literally like just to be transparent here, are we ever not? As I said, all of that, I... Well, not no, the point of this is, as I just said all of that, I just constricted and I was like, oh, fuck, who's going to judge me? Who's going to think I'm this? Who's going to think I'm that by talking about the pressures? But like, that's how crazy it is, sisters. Like, that's how crazy I feel it is. And so I just want to release that real quick because I know, sisters, that you love me and I know that I'm in a supportive community and we are all human beings who are just allowed to make you know, we're allowed to grow. We're I allowed know, to be sisters, human. that you love me. <laughs> I want to take that sound bite. No. Sisters, I love you, okay? Love this, is a, this is a value exchange. I love you, sisters, so much. Yes. This is a value exchange for fucking sure. Okay, so now let's get into... What we learned in business, which I think is is really an amazing topic, I think... Entrepreneurship is hard. I think I underestimated the mental taxation that it brings on myself. The reason I wrote a whole book. Yes, you did. You wrote a book 
exactly about that. <laughs> because nobody understands the fucking ridiculously hard mental and emotional shit you go through to be a business owner. Yeah. And I I tend to find like, yes, there are various challenges in Canberra right now and things we're trying to figure out and solve for. But I find that the most stressful things and challenges just just are in my brain, like are, are just me. And you said something really powerful to me the other day while I was, you know, breaking down. You were just like, I will not let you be the one that stops you from achieving your dreams. Like an investor can stop you, a this can stop you, but no, like you cannot get in the way of your own dreams. And that really struck with me because I think the past couple of weeks, I've been in this rut of, again, the the OCD thoughts and the shameful thoughts, and I'm, I'm really working towards it. I'm excited to start Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. But yeah, there is this self-pity. There's this like, all, whenever I look at my days and what I've been doing with Camber, all I see is myself stressing with myself. Like it's no one else telling me <laughs> you can't do it. There's no one else externally telling me. It's literally just me. And, you know, we're going to start raising money, which that is a whole other, you know, mental mental thing that I have to get um, ready for. But, you know, and there will be people that externally tell us and reject us and tell us it's not going to work. So I do need to be prepared for that. But in this moment right now, I'm not hearing that externally from anyone. So why am I telling it to myself? And so I feel like I'm self-sabotaging in a lot of ways. So I think what I've learned in business is like, hey, get out of your own way. Like stop feeling sorry for yourself and stop overstressing and overthinking things. And, you know, it's yeah, until there is a moment to actually be stressed about something, like why are you putting that on yourself? So yeah. I'm so happy you said that because I don't know how much I mean, I don't tell you, obviously, because it's behind the scenes in my life. But after we had that conversation, you know, you were crying and I felt very passionate about giving you advice to raise your spirits. And I'm really, really grateful that what I said landed. That makes me really happy because that was the point of what I was trying to say was to support you and to empower you. But I left that conversation and, and you know, I called a couple friends and I talked to my coach Amy about it and I I just wanted to make sure that I was supporting you the right way rather than negating your emotional experience or trying to fix you or trying to rescue you because as someone who's a people pleaser and as someone who loves you and as your older sister, which I think all the older sisters out there can attest that there is a little bit of a maternal aspect that comes with your younger siblings, I mulled over many different ways that I showed up in that conversation because it was such a poignant, raw moment for you that I could have influenced one way or the other. And I wanted to make sure that I was supporting you in the right way that you need me to support you because I noticed that when you aren't feeling good, or when you have a challenge, or when you have a struggle, I ping pong in my mind back and forth between how can I empower her and give her the tough love that's going to make her stronger and get her to the success line, right? And then I ping pong to, well, how can I step in 
and just help her do it and save her from this emotional challenge. And it's a ping pong that I assume, I only assume that parents go through with their children or, you know, but it's something as a codependent and a people pleaser that I take on with you. There have been many times where I've almost swooped in and saved you. And I didn't because I recognize that when I do that, I rob you of the chance to get stronger. And in many ways, me wanting to save you is a completely selfish act because I don't feel good. And so I want to feel better and I'll feel better if you feel better. So I'm happy that landed with you because I've, I've been doing a lot of introspection around how do I show up for you and how do I make space for you? Because every single person needs support in different ways. And so I came to the conclusion and I can ask you because we're talking about it right now that when you come to me, I think you come to me for advice for the most part, but when you come to me, I'm going to now ask you, what do you need from me? Do you need to vent? Do you need advice? Or do you just want me to take your side real quick? What do you need? And I think that's the best way to approach your loved ones when they're in a crisis. Because sometimes for me, when I'm really emotionally heightened, I don't want advice. I want someone to be like, fuck yeah, that sucks. Right? And so that's something that I'm personally learning this year is how do I support the different people I love in my life? Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I mean, I typically don't resonate with tough love. It really does. It usually doesn't work for me because I'm just like, well, fuck you. Like, which again is something is something maybe internally I need to uncover. Like, why does that trigger me? And I'm sure it triggers a lot of people, but maybe works for people. But I think it was like a point of no return. It was like there is a level And I think I was I was also oscillating between this that whole week where I was like, if I'm stressed and emotional and sad, like I should sit in the discomfort. I should feel the feelings. I should accept this is the way I feel. I should just, you know, just emote and not hide it. But then I thought, okay, now I'm just fucking wallowing. Like now I'm just you needed to be like zapped out. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So There is a difference for me, and I think I'm still trying to understand where that line is between really intense emotions that break me down. And honestly, I'm like, and usually in in my past life, past life, in my earlier years, I would sweep it under the rug and push it away and just try to get back to like a homeostasis, like happy state, where now I've challenged myself. I'm like, nope, we're going to sit in the discomfort. We're going to feel this. We're going to sit. And it's interesting because now I get a little too comfortable with that. And then it feels like, am I addicted to this like discomfort in a way? (laughs) Because I saw this TikTok that was so fascinating. It God, there's so much relatable content on TikTok. This woman was saying, you know, I'm my depression, I'm addicted to my depression because it gives me an out. It gives me a pass. Are you talking about me? Because I've literally said that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And I was one of the first people to come out and say that concept publicly on the internet. You should have made a TikTok about it. And the fact that you are crediting that philosophy and idea with a fucking TikTok and not your sister is very, very troublesome to me. Oh, sorry. Okay. So anyways, I saw this TikTok. I don't know. There was some nice music behind it and like images of New York City. So it made made me feel away. I like plant the seed in your mind and then you see someone cooler and you're like, I learned this from this cool person today. Yeah. So anyways, I do know that you've said depression is addictive. I do know that. But it was just interesting because it hit me at the right moment where it's like it gives me an excuse to be lazy basically and be like, oh, I'm sad today. Therefore, I can't do work. Therefore, I can't. And then it kind of gives me an excuse. So 
I had to come to that really tough realization, I think a couple weeks ago, because I've always had trouble with, not trouble, but with understanding productivity and understanding what that means to me and shifting it, but also being really honest with if I'm just being lazy versus actually productive, but I just don't see it that way. So that's also something I've been really working on. But yeah, so that conversation we had, yes, in the moment I was like, fuck you, like you don't understand, like let me like validate my feelings and like I'm fine, I need to be feeling this way. But it did bring me to light that, oh, I might be in like a self-pity pool, little puddle. Yeah, and I think to my credit, I think I'm self-aware enough and I've done enough emotional work in the mental health space to kind of be intuitively guided to like to what you need in that moment. And I'm not saying that I know what you need and and I should be the dictator of that situation. But I think that in that moment, I recognize that this was like a breaking point, that the self-pity was at an all-time low and that it wasn't just a let me hear you and validate so you can feel these feelings and move on. It was like a, hey, we got to do something now. 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 Okay, sisters, part two of this conversation will be live on next week's episode. We love you. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together.